On today's podcast, we have a special guest, Dan McGrath, who has uh, spent uh, at least 20 years focusing on Medicare, Social Security, and some important uh, financial planning issues that we tend to ignore. So stay with us. Uh, We've got a jam-packed show today. Money Matters USA with Fred Sage. And you also need to work with your advisor to create multiple income streams. You're at the right place for information every week regarding all the components of a successful retirement plan. Asset allocation is really a driving force for how much your accounts are going to grow. Fred Sade is a financial fiduciary and retirement specialist. I have to put the client's interest ahead of my own pocketbook at, at all times. I must be able to justify why I'm making the recommendations. Money Matters USA with Fred Sade. Welcome into the podcast, Money Matters USA, with Fred Sade, founder and managing director of the firm of the same name, a fiduciary firm, Money Matters USA. Fred himself, a fiduciary, holding a PhD in economics from Duke University. I'm consumer advocate Dave Perkins. Fred, what a what a bash last weekend, our two-year anniversary on the yeah. podcast. We had Chef Pepe, you had yeah. the bounce houses, the DJ, the clown slash magician, it was a big, you, you just went all out for it. It was really enjoyable. Yeah, I have gain, to mention gain, that. Gain two pounds. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, it was a good time. It was a good time. So onward and upward with the podcast after two years now, uh, we do have a special guest joining, and his name is Dan McGrath. Uh, Dan is the co-founder and creator, uh, creator of IRMA Certified Planner, the country's only destination on the subject, or IRMA, and also uh, his best-selling re- retirement book is what you don't know about retirement will hurt you and also is it also uh dan am i right a guide to understanding medicare i did uh yes i do i do uh, write and update a, a guide to understanding medicare on an annual basis we sure wish you could have joined us on last week's podcast because it really was a great time, but you're going to get out some great information for us today. It is wonderful uh-huh. having you on, Fred, uh, having uh, you on, Greg and Fred. i uh, let you take it away now with questions. I know you have a lot for Dan. <coughs> yeah, today's a wonderful allergy day. You just can't win here. Uh, let, me, let me begin with, um, I think I really question that that's worth um, considering. Uh, it seems to me that that Congress, right from the inception, the get-go, is not really serious about looking at the funding of both of Medicare and of Social Security on an annual basis. I mean, that's the way an actuary would look at a, at a pension, which essentially is what Social Security is. It's also the way uh, a, a healthcare actuary would, would look uh, at, a, at a health plan to see about funding, adequacy, solvency. What's your thinking on that, Dan? Well, when we're looking at uh, the program of Medicare, was it set up originally to make sure that it'd be properly funded? I would like to believe that uh, in 1965, when they were putting it together, it made sense at the time when Medicare was created. Believe it or not, roughly 90% of the population was already covered by health insurance. They were either veterans of the foreign war or at the time, some corporations were actually providing it. So if you take a look at military-wise with World War II, 
Korea, Vietnam, you had many people that were covered because they were covering families at that time. So Medicare was there for the picking up that 5 to 10 percent of people that were no longer working that needed some form of health insurance. So when looking at Medicare, historically, it was supposed to be funded. As we've gone further and further down the line, um, health, health coverage has gotten more expensive. Not many people are joining the military as they once were. So the coverage is a little bit spotty. So, yes, people need to have something in retirement. And has the government set up to pay for it? Well, um, strange, strange as you could like to, to, to make it, we argue that, yes, Medicare and Social Security are more than will be more than adequately funded. Well, the funding standard that the actuaries of, of the plans have is different than the funding standard that OMB has uh, for the for for the plans. Um, can can you without without really getting into the weeds? Can you um, just you know at ten thousand feet get get give us give our listeners some idea of why that, that conflict creates this impression that Medicare is going to go broke, Social Security is on its last legs, oh, my God, what's going to happen? All right, so Social Security is the furthest thing from going broke. In fact, it has more money in it than it's ever had. There are two major issues when looking at the Social Security Board of Trustees report is consistently starting, and I believe it was 1996. So in 1996, when you're looking at the rate of return of assets that they're holding, that has progressively gone down year over year over year, even through 2022, where I believe we're only receiving uh, a 2.1% rate of return on the investments they have. The standard market is you know, over the last 20 years, been five, six, seven percent. The federal government is getting less than half of that. So Social Security has plenty of assets on the books, and they're projecting to get a lower rate of return going forward. On top of looking at Social Security going broke, what they also don't add is when someone enrolls into Medicare or someone turns 65 and older and no longer has credible health insurance through an employer, they have to enroll in a Medicare in order to receive Social Security, or you forfeit your Social Security benefit. Right. The number the number one thing that Social Security looks at before anyone can receive a Social Security benefit are you do you have qualified health insurance? If you do not, you cannot receive your Social Security benefit. That's a law. Mm -hmm. So now, when you look at Social Security and what it's paying, what it's receiving in funding or rate of return on the assets that it's, that it's managing, that it, that it has in its trust fund, that's going down. And then what it's also not calculating is the fact that you're reducing your Social Security benefit by Medicare premiums. Right. So now you take a look at how much is being paid for Medicare premiums out of Social Security. You're going to notice the obliga obligation actually goes down. And then what the Social Security Board of Trustees doesn't factor in as well is the collection of taxes on Social Security benefits. Everyone neglects to mention that your Social Security benefit can be taxed up to 85 percent of it. 
and it's going to be taxed at your own, at your ordinary income tax rate. That money, the taxation when it was originally created in 1984, was to go back into the Social Security program. Currently, it's going into the general fund of the U.S. Treasury. Right. So when you when you break down the numbers, and we do have an article posted on one of our sites called Healthcare Retirement Planner, we actually have written extensively that Social Security is not going broke. Now, in the terms of Medicare going broke, it is, in fact, going broke. It's going broke. Anyone that wants to tell you any other story, it's definitely going broke. And there is a reason why it's going broke. Is that primarily limited? Is that primarily limited to the, to Part A, the hospital, which, which is shaky? It, 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 believe it or not, it's not. So, the major problem with Medicare isn't so much the trust funds and the taxes that are collecting. Here's a question that I throw out when I'm speaking to audiences that many people never really thought about, but when they actually hear the question and think about it, everyone gets the answer. You're uh, what? You're in North Carolina. What state? I'm are we in. in? Uh, Dan, uh, Dave's in North Carolina. I'm in New Jersey. Oh, New Jersey's a perfect example. Okay, for the state <laughs> of New Jersey, perfect, perfect example. Because I did the numbers for 2015 and 2016, of, and I use New Jersey because, believe it or not, New Jersey does a very good job at making information public about public employees. So yeah. when you look at the teachers, the firefighters, and the police officers, DPW workers, they all have a pension. Now, New right. Jersey has a, has a tiered pension structure, just like New York, just like Massachusetts, just like Connecticut, just like Illinois, California. They're tiered structures. So the longer or the, I guess you'd call it the longer time that you've stayed with inside the public employee sector of these states, you got more and more benefits. So mm-hmm. for those that are in tier one, let's use New Jersey, you're getting your Medicare Part B and Part D premium covered by the right. state. Right. So when you look at the numbers back in 2015, 2016, I believe it was 2015, the state of New Jersey technically had to pay about $386 million for Medicare Part B premiums just to cover their retired public employees. Because when a retired public employee reaches the age of 65, what health insurance do they have? No, they go into, they go into Medicare, but uh, yep. my, my understanding is, is that they get, empl- they get health insurance for life. Yeah, they get health insurance for life. They're not paying the premiums. They're right. still enrolled on a Medicare. The state's budget is paying those Medicare premiums. Right, and it comes out of the general fund. Comes out of the general fund of the state. So now what happens with Medicare is Medicare has to increase its premiums, but it cannot. Because if it increases the premiums of Part B premiums and the Part D deductible, if it increases that, those states have to pay for it. And those states can't afford it. Right. So now Medicare has a problem. It knows it has to increase premiums, and it knows it has to figure out a way to generate revenue but it's limited in what the actual what they can actually do because they don't want states like New York, Illinois, New Jersey going insolvent. And you got to see this. If, I'm not sure if everyone was paying attention to what just happened in New York three weeks ago. 
Starting in August of 2021, the city of New York sent out reverse authorization letters to all of its pensioners, all the public employees. The reverse authorization stated that if you do not sign this form, you are agreeing to be changed from the health care plan that you currently have to a new one. And if you want to stay on the original plan, you now have to pay or pick up what is known as the supplemental plan. What was happening to the state of New York on their tier one employees, they have to pay for the Part B premium. They have to pay for the Part D premium. They have to pay for all earned surcharges. The state also, I'm sorry, not the state, the city of New York also picks mm-hmm. up the bulk of the uh, the bulk of prescription drug costs. So the city of New York physically can't afford that. Mm-hmm. So what they did is they sent these reverse authorization letters to throw people off the plan so they would have to start picking up more of the cost. Right. The, right. the unions, which I agree with 100% because we signed a contract with the public employees, they deserve their pension, no matter how outrageous it may become, that's what everyone agreed to at the time mm-hmm. of the contract. Right. So the unions correctly fought the, the city of New York saying that you can't implement this. So it went to court. New York changed the language. And yet again, the union went back to court. And three weeks ago, the, I forget the judge's name sitting in the, um, I believe it went to the Supreme Court of New York, but I forget the judge who made the ruling. Well, well, decided the, the for Supreme, the union. Yeah, Supreme Court of New York is misnamed. It's, it's, the, it's an no. original court. If it, it went, if it went it, then it has the appellate level. Uh, okay. So, so no, I you wouldn't know it because they, it's completely yeah. misleading. It's con, it's counterintuitive. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's New York. So yeah, the reason I bring bring it up is basically the city of New York can't afford any Medicare premium increases. They cannot do it. They will go insolvent. That's what came out of the last two years of trying to kick the pensioners or the retired public employees off of the health plan. If right. they kick them off, if they don't kick them off, the pension fund goes insolvent if Medicare premiums increase. Now, if Medicare premiums don't increase, unfortunately, Medicare goes insolvent. So you're now trapped as a politician in D.C. of, OK, we have the largest city in the United States is about to file insolvency because they can't afford Medicare. So let's just, you know, what do we do? Well, don't increase Medicare premiums. Well, if you don't increase Medicare premiums, Medicare goes insolvent, and now the remaining 49 states plus Puerto Rico and D.C. have no coverage. What would you like to do? <laughs> so now well, the solution, the suggestion? Not, so, the, so what will happen is, as the state of Maryland just did, uh, I believe it was uh, either – I want to say it was February of 2022. It might be 2021. State of Maryland kicked all of their public employees off of their health care plan. I shouldn't say all. It comes down to the contract, the county. But they kicked the majority of people off of their health care plan. They're now picking up their plan. They now have to pay for their Medicare. So mm-hmm. if New York can, can figure out a language inside the court system to throw the public employees off of the health care plan, now what the solution is very simple. Now you can raise Medicare premiums as high as you want because the other states can use the blueprint of New York 
and kick off all their public employees. So if you're a public employee right now listening to this, what's going to happen to you is at some point within the next three to five years, you're going to be thrown off of your health care plan. And ultimately, it's because the state cannot afford to pick you up. Now, that's not every state. There are states that are adequately funded. There's Oklahoma, there's the Dakotas, um, I believe Arizona, New Mexico, they're properly funded. But unfortunately, they can't control what the Medicare cost is. And if the government decides to increase Medicare premiums by, let's say, 50 percent, like they tried to do in 2015, I'm sorry, all states get blown out. Well, you know, even if even if they go with their soak the rich uh, approach, that can't possibly cover the deficits in Social Security as well as as Medicare. So, since major cities uh, pretty much are 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 blue bastions of support for the Democratic Party. Uh, wouldn't you think that that uh, they'd come up with some solution at the uh, national level uh, to do something well, they, to immunize these cities? They did, but now here's the problem that they've they've run into. So they have in, implemented, and it's not just a, a left or right, Democrat, Republican side, because the Republicans are the ones that actually created what is known as IRMA, the Income Related Monthly Adjustment Amount. Yeah back in 2003. The Democrats just have been putting it on steroids every single chance they get. Now, the issue with, well, the first thing for the listeners, what IRMA is, very simple. It's a tax on your income through Medicare. Oh, and by the way, not one financial firm is ever going to tell you about it. And yes, it's going to cost you more than 100% of your Social Security benefit. Here, let me repeat that again. Irma is going to cost you more than 100% of your Social Security benefit. Is that over time? Yes. You will eventually lose more than 100% of your Social Security benefit. You will be writing a check to the government on a quarterly basis so you can't receive your Social Security benefit. Well, let's let's take the average Social Security amount, which is about $1,800 a month nationally. Um, so someone who is receiving that amount and, you know, adjusted, I mean, the hold harmless hasn't, hasn't, uh, always, uh, been relevant. Uh, it's been ignored, uh, at, at times, uh, when, uh, premiums have been increased, uh, above the, uh, the COLA. How many years would it take for someone to, to be in that? What, what, you, you, I assume you've done the math on this. What's your yep. projection? So we, if the, the IRMA thresholds just stay the same as they are in, 20, in 2023, stating that it, it's at 97000 And by the way, to believe that the IRMA thresholds are going to adjust on an annual basis based on the CPIU is, is a novel, great, wonderful idea. And you also believe in unicorns and, rain, you know, and leprechauns under, rainbow, under rainbows. <laughs> when we look at Irma, Irma is only adjusted since its inception six times. Two of the six times it's adjusted downwards with inside the bulk of the brackets. The remaining times Congress has passed legislation to ensure that Irma brackets don't adjust. 
So if we move forward knowing what Congress is trying to do with Medicare's IRMA, it's a ta- remember, it's a tax on your income through Medicare, <laughs> strips you of your Social Security benefit. So it's, a, it's an income revenue generator for Congress. So if the brackets remain the same, picture this who's going to reach IRMA. Picture a 60-year-old person. They're going to make the third biggest mistake in retirement. They're going to plan on working to the age of 70 so they can max out their Social Security benefit. That's the third worst thing you can do in retirement before speaking to a financial professional that understands IRMA. They're putting $10,000 away into their traditional 401k, including the company match on a monthly basis. They're getting 5% rate of return. If they earn $75,000 a year and they've already saved $150,000 in their 401k, they're going to reach Irma by the time they're 80. So you mean, it's I'm, only going to impact rich people. I don't think rich people care very much. I mean, the, ah, the, Van, the ah. Vanguard study that just came out last week shows that uh, exactly. the wealthiest huh? don't care. They don't care. Exactly. Rich people don't care. So when we look yeah. at the Medicare Board of Trustees report, 2023, it's stating that Medicare's IRMA, you're going to be paying per couple, it's about $25,000 for the year for your Medicare. You're going to be paying an extra twenty five grand. Now, by 20, uh, that's 2032. By 2042, you're looking at $52,000 that you're going so- to be paying in Medicare's IRMA. So it, me, it doubles. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Finish your so, thought. So by the time a 60-year-old person, let's say, that's rich and doesn't care, they're 90, they're looking at writing a check for about $104,000 for their Medicare premiums. They don't have to. They really should only be paying about ten to 15000 But because they don't care about $90,000 extra, it's no big deal. I'm sorry, if I talk to any wealthy person and I say you're giving the government an extra 90 grand for the year, they're going to be pissed. If I say you're going to average an extra over because of inflation, you're going to pay an extra 30 to $40,000 a year over the course of 30 years, you're going to give the federal government an extra $1.2 million. Don't worry about it. Your financial advisor, who's the socialist, believe it or not, the financial <laughs> industry is filled with all socialists. Anyone wants to say anything different, I, you just gave me the proof. No one cares if you spend your money. If the government takes your money for the good of the people, no one cares. That's a socialist. I'm taking what is yours, and I'm giving it to everyone else. Rich people don't care, so we're not going to plan for it. Congratulations. The financial industry is filled with socialists when it comes to other people's money. When I talk to rich people, people, yeah, they they say, what do you mean? I'm going to give an extra, I'm going to pay an extra 1.2 million. I don't worry about it. It's only an extra 1.2. I have seven. Okay. You're going to give up, you know, a quarter of it. What's the big deal? Well, I, you know, I, uh, I, sometimes you get people who are just wild men. You know, they have uh, six, seven, eight million. Oh, if I lose half of it. But, you know, when they get down and start losing a couple of million, all of a sudden um, they're not as arrogant uh, or as complacent, if you will, 
uh, about losing uh, a couple of million dollars and uh, with a downward uh, yeah, trajectory. In, in, the, in, 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 I, I think you well, I think your point uh, is well taken that people don't consider the um, the Irma charges uh, when they're doing their their planning. And just for our listeners, Irma is is a, an acronym for income related monthly adjustment amount, and it's added on to parts B and D, uh, Bravo and Delta, B and, and, and D. And right now, uh, in 2023, we're looking at 2021 income. Another point sure. that I think is worth making is that while uh, we've all, you know, there's a lot to cheer about, perhaps, uh, for, in many of the provisions of this correct 2.0 and, and then it's um, 2.2, if you will. Uh, but one of the things that uh, isn't considered is that the SECURE Act um, uh, has further complications uh, in terms of uh, the Medicare uh, B&D and, and the IRMA charges with, with, you, with, the, uh, with the start of uh, RMDs later for some people and not considering what income is considered taxable for Social Security purposes. So I'd like to segue uh, into Social Security because we're, we're starting to run late. Go ahead, Dan. Okay. So, we're gonna, so I just want to make a point on the Inflation Reduction Act and what, they, what it's done. It's a, the Inflation Reduction Act when the financial industry really wants to pay attention to what really matters. And that's a completely different topic we could sp spend hours on. But what the Inflation Reduction Act really does is it caps the private health insurers on how much they can charge in terms of premiums for Part D coverage. So Part yeah. D is prescription drug coverage. So it caps, regardless of what's going on in the market, health insurers can only increase the premiums by 6%. No matter what happens in the in, in the market can only go up by 6%. So now what will happen because insurers are already starting to, to, to do it is insurers are saying, okay, what well, we're going to start doing because we can only, we we're limited to how much money we can generate to offset losses while also create offset expenses while also creating revenue. What we're going to do is we're cutting our formulary. So we're going to cut the drugs that we actually cover. So there'll be no coverage for them. Yeah, so which is why there's a substantial. Well, yeah, well, there's also a substantial cash market uh, with discount cards uh, where people are going into that cash market, uh, yep. you know, in order to buy uh, prescription medications, which aren't covered under the formula. You're absolutely right. Yep. But now, so now certain drugs. Like I like to use the, the the drug, and hopefully this never happens to any one of your listeners. But the drug that I like to use is Gleevec. Now, there, thankfully, there is a generic version. The generic version is much cheaper. But what Gleevec does is it cleans the white blood cells of your body so you can handle chemotherapy. Thus, you can fight cancer longer. The example I use is Alex Trebek was using a drug, yeah. if not Gleevec, similar. Mm -hmm. Gleevec, unfortunately, costs $127,000 a year. No one covers it. So how are you paying for that? You, have $7, million, you have $7 million 
You're in Irma. Your Social Security has been stripped. You're ripping money out of your traditional 401k. So you're in the highest Irma threshold. So you're paying extra. Then you're paying for your drugs. How long does your six or seven million dollars last? Not very long. Yeah, the the challenge with that is is that uh, people have difficulty imagining themselves, and that's a separate person, because that person down the road is not the person that they are right now, and they have enormous difficulty in imagining that. And there have been a number of uh, experiments that have done that demonstrate that demonstrate that because they that person is is in the third person it's it's always they or he or she but not themselves so that that becomes a you know a challenge and um because it may not affect everyone they always think they're going to hide behind the biggest tree the fattest tree and and it won't uh, happen uh to them Hey, Fred, great conversation. I know you want to get back on the subject of Social Security to wrap up the podcast. We're with Dan McGrath, who is co-founder and creator of IRMA, Certified Planner, and also the author of What You Don't Know About Retirement Will Hurt You, as well as on an annual basis, A Guide to Understanding Medicare. And Dan, this has been an interesting conversation. We're not done yet. And uh, also rather alarming in many ways, too. Uh, We're really learning a lot. You've got solutions, too, for people, I know. Of course. Yeah. Uh, how how can people reach out to you? Uh, they can go to uh, Irma Certified Planner. You can always send me an email at Dan McGrath, at, and Irma is I-R-M-A-A, certifiedplanner.com. We also have uh, software or, or, or tools for the public where they can calculate their own health care costs in retirement when it comes to Medicare premiums in Irma. That's at healthcareretirementplanner.com. And how are your books available? Uh, books are available through Amazon. Uh, just search under what you don't know about retirement will hurt you, and mm. we will pop up. I'm uh, I'm very bad at social media. I'm very bad at uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for when you try to. I'm with get you anything on there. social media. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you on that. Uh, we're like, what do they say to technology? Uh, older people are, even though they invented it, they're the immigrants to technology. And, and uh, younger people are the natives. Yes. Yeah. We, and it's a, you know, sitting back and thinking about it. Yeah. We, we, we the, us, us old, old people, we invented it all. Right. And, right. And we get made fun of, but of course I didn't invent it, but our generation did. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll wrap it up with Dan. Uh, another uh, great segment of conversation that is coming up on the podcast, Money Matters USA. Hurricanes, earthquakes, tornadoes, and fire. These are serious situations that we plan in advance for. The volatility of the market can be just as devastating. Get a plan meant to last, properly balanced, fully customized. That way, when a market correction does occur, you'll be ready. Call Fred Sade at 800-593-8188. That's 800-593-8188. 
We're back with Money Matters USA and Fred Sade. Fred Sade, founder and managing director of the firm of the same name. By the way, this is Podcast 105, Consumer Advocate Dave Perkins, along with Fred. Uh, Fred and our special guest today, Dan McGrath. Uh, Dan, again, is co-founder and creator of Irma Certified Planner. His books are What You Don't Know About Retirement Will Hurt You, and also his guide uh, an annual, on an annual basis. He authors this, A Guide to Understanding Medicare. McGrath, also co-founder of Healthcare Retirement Planner, the nation's only patented retirement planning software that details the impact of taxes, Medicare, and IRMA on income, as we've learned a lot, Fred, in the podcast today. And I know you had a follow-up on Social Security. Yes, yes. I I want to quote from a piece of the testimony uh, by uh, Andrew Biggs, Ph.D., Uh, who's a senior fellow at the American Enterprise Institute. He was one of the witnesses who testified before the Senate Budget Committee on July 12th of this year. And as part of his testimony, he points out that uh, in the original understanding of uh, Social Security as set up by the Roosevelt administration, there was no desire to to soak the rich. And uh, in the... um, Green Book, which is the budget that uh, President Biden uh, introduced, he's talking about a 1.9% increase on top of the existing taxes on uh, all uh, earners above uh, 200,000 in income. So, and I'm quoting now from uh, Dr. Biggs. Ultimately, by the 10th year, the Social Security Expansion Act would increase annual Social Security taxes by 1.9% of, of gross domestic product, gross domestic product, according to the SSA uh, actuary's analysis. By contrast, the combined tax increases included in the Biden administration's 2023 budget would increase revenues dedicated to all federal programs by 1.1% or slightly over half as much. Based on a tax foundation analysis of the revenue effects of major legislation relative to the size of the U.S. economy, the Social Security Expansion Act would likely be the largest peacetime tax increase in U.S. history, uh, unquote. Dan, uh, based on on, uh, Dr. Biggs's uh, analysis, how... How how could that possibly be acceptable uh, to the American people? Well, um, how much time do you have? Uh, so <laughs> we have enough for you to question. to give us the high points. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll go high points. First off, uh, there are two things going on that hopefully everyone over the last three to five years has learned. The government loves to. The government is nothing else but the bully on the street. Growing up as a kid, when you were playing sports or competing against the bully and you started beating the bully, what did the bully always do? They changed the rules. (laughs) Now, after they changed the rules, when you adjust, they beat you up. What a bully does is it punches you with the left, softens you up, so you get ready for the left, and then you get hit really hard with the right. So what Mr. Biggs, the Ph.D., is focusing in on is the left. So they're talking about across the board, a 1.9 tax increase on basically the affluent. That's the left. That's not going to happen. It's never going to happen. What's really going to happen is the right. 
And on the right, if anybody wants to see it, you can go to so, you just Google Social Security uh, solvency provisions. And there is a list of nine different provisions that Social Security's put forward to solve the quote unquote, and I will say this with my tongue in my cheek, Social Security going broke. Because again, it's not going broke. I shouldn't be the only person in the nation that's actually applied federal law to the budget of Social Security and can show how Medicare premiums in Irma come out of Social Security, thus lowering the obligation. So as long as Medicare premiums increase, Social Security's obligation never gets paid out, and then we factor in taxation. But when we look back at the provisions, of the provisions, ultimately what they're saying to do, and they're broken down. So the way the Social Security COLA, the first provision is done, is it's created off of what is known as the CPIW, the Consumer Price Index for on wages of urban consumers. And they look at a third quarter to third quarter. So they look from 20 to, to, to know what we're going to see in 2024. We look at the third quarter of 2023 versus the third quarter in 2022. If it's increased, you're going to receive a COLA. Currently, the way inflation is tracking, it looks like there's going to be about a 2.4 to a 2.5% COLA. Right. That's what we're looking at. Now, instead of using that CPIW, what they're trying to, to use and what they put forth as a provision is used as chained weighting CPIW. Right. Right. All chain weighting is you take, you take averages that people aren't necessarily using and you discard them. The easiest way to explain it is using the CPIU, which is the Consumer Price Index for Urban Consumers, is let's say the price of chocolate goes up and no one's no longer buying chocolate. So since we're no longer looking at chocolate, since no one's purchasing it, we don't use that with inside the CPIU as a calculation, no matter how high it inflates, because no one's buying it. They're doing that the same way with wages. That's going to bring down the CPIW so it won't increase. The second provision is they want to eliminate the 85%, up to the 85% taxation of Social Security benefits, meaning everyone pays 100% of taxes and ordinary income. Now, for those paying attention and still listening to me, that means you're going to be taxed out of your, your, your income. They're going to put money into Social Security, which they've taken from you and your employer. Then you're going to take your Social Security benefit when you're no longer working and retired, and they're going to tax you on it again. Right. That's right. Now, there's one other – well, in the interest of time, there's one other point that I think needs to be made. Uh, since, last, since last summer, uh, CBO had done a down-and-dirty study on uh, national retirement plans in Canada, Australia, and New Zealand. And uh, in those countries, uh, the, the plans are intended to prevent people from going into poverty – but yes. people are responsible uh, for the for the rest of uh, of their uh, the, of their retirement income. None of these three countries have had any great success, and w we could spend the entire show talking about the challenges in the UK uh, financial system, which I don't want to do. Um, 
that one of one of the suggestions that that made and then dismissed was doing the same thing here. Could you wrap up for us why that's never going to happen? Well, they, they what's ultimately what will end up happening is the general public will be fed the story that Social Security is going to go broke. In order to save the program, what people are going to swallow is the solution they give. The solution is ultimately, from everything that we can look at, is they're going to raise, or they're going to raise that tax on Social Security benefits from 85 to 100. And more importantly, the third provision that Social Security is stating is anyone who reaches Medicare's IRMA no longer receives a cost of living adjustment. So now think of it this way. By law, you have to pay for your Medicare premiums and your IRMA surcharges through your Social Security benefit, the bulk of your Medicare premiums. So now you're not reaching, you're reaching IRMA, you're getting a surcharge or a tax on your Medicare premiums. They can go up by 40 to 360% more. You're no longer receiving a COLA. So now your Social Security benefit gets depleted faster year over year over year over year to the point where, yes, and we do have clients that lose more than 100% of their Social Security benefit. They're physically writing checks to the government because yeah. they didn't plan correctly. That's how they're going to save Social Security. All right. it's, all, it's, it's all written down. Now it's a question of who actually wants to plan for it. Well, that's always that is always the challenge. Uh, people people go through planning and then don't don't implement it. So they check the box. <laughs> they did the plan. It's yeah, on the shelf. The it's on, yeah, it's on the shelf. It's gathering. I did that. You know, I don't have to do it again. It's, it's a one and done. Dan, well, I'd like to thank you very much for for being our guest today. I think this was very informative, and uh, we'll do it again sometime. Looking forward to it. Thank you very much for the time. Dave, pleasure to meet you. Hey, nice to meet you, Dan. And just to mention, Dan, uh, make sure I get the website correct here. We can throw this up on the page. Uh, IrmaCertifiedPlanner.com. Spell Irma, uh, Irma, I-R-M-A-A, CertifiedPlanner.com. Is that correct? That is correct. Excellent. And your books are available, and they are what you don't know about retirement will hurt you. That's at Amazon. And also, uh, you this comes out on the annual basis. Is that right, Dan, a guide to understanding yes. Medicare? Yes, it does. Excellent. Okay. And again, uh, the website, we'll throw that, on, that link right on here. And Fred, great conversation as always. We're back next week. Thank these, you. these drop every Friday. So thanks for staying with us on the journey. Money Matters USA. Investment advisory services offered through Money Matters USA, LLC. Fred Sade and his guests provide general information, not individually targeted personalized advice, and are not liable for the usage of information discussed. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles should not be considered investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell in any of these financial vehicles. This information should also not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to the securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are offered through Money Matters USA, LLC. By contacting Money Matters USA, you may be provided information regarding the purchase of insurance products.